That's right. Guns a-blazing. Here we are with the latest and greatest edition of Six Rings and Football Things, brought to you, of course, by WEEI, Odyssey, and 2400 Sports. You got Fitzy, you got Hart, and we got you for the next half an hour or so. Talking review, in hindsight now, grading out the Patriots' dub over the Jetropolitan's final score, 15-10, to 10, Pats over Jets. We'll give out our weekly grades for the offense, the defense, the special teams, the coach, the QB, who was the best, who was the worst, and what do we have to look forward to next Sunday, fun day. And then in the back half of the podcast, the Dirty McCorkle debate continues. No, that is not a drink that Andy goes to get at the local saloon whenever he's feeling extra fancy. That is the accusation being slung, some say with weak sauce, by Ahmed Gardner, the latest person to say that Mac Jones is a dirty QB and doesn't play the game the right way. We will discuss and lend our thoughts. But first, Andy, how are we feeling? Uh, uh, a day and a half now, almost two full days removed from the Patriots' first win of the 2023 season. As Christian Fourier shared, both not only on his midday program on Monday, but also on our Six Rings postgame show on Sunday. Sometimes in the NFL, when you don't got things going the right way, but you just need a win, a win is a win, and that's a good thing. Yes, I would answer, how are we feeling? A uh, hell of a lot better at 1-2 and two than we would be at 0-3. Oh and three. And We staved off the apocalypse. Congrats to us, everybody. We staved off the apocalypse. Correct. Um, I won't say, you know, the sh sh sinking ship is completely dry inside now, but you bailed some water out of it, and you're like, okay, we're, we're at least even now with the water mm. in and out. It's not rushing in through that hole in the hull. Mm. But and A little flex seal. You know, yeah, a little flex seal. A little flex tape, slap it on there. It'll stick. You're good for a while. Um, and the Jets and Zach Wilson are flex seal for the Patriots. 15 straight wins. Um, I know Robert Sala said that Zach Wilson's not the reason the Jets lost. And I kind he of agree with that. He might be the reason they didn't win, though. Absolutely. He's the reason you didn't win, couldn't win, wouldn't win. Because you played left-handed, one hand tied behind your back the whole game, uh, really. But give the Patriots credit. I keep going with this one simple theme. If I call it a must win, if I say you absolutely cannot lose this game and you go get the dub, the victory, the V mm -hmm. is for victory, put one in the win column, then I give you credit. Survive in advance. I know there were a lot of escape from New York headlines. It was a nail biter closer than even we expected because I do believe the Patriots dominated the game for most of the game. Oh, the final score should have... See, that's one of my frustrations. I'm glad you bring that up because, honest to goodness, the final score should have reflected how dominant the game was. The Jets didn't have any life in them whatsoever until six, seven minutes left in the game when the surrender index said it was a cowardly punt. I know we disagreed on that Sunday. That's fine. They still got the win, but the Patriots punted to them, and they went 87 yards somehow for a touchdown, and finally there was a little bit of life. Like, there was a sign, I'm not dead yet. And then the Patriots still found a way to give him the ball back two more times. I mean, the Pats for a team that ran that sh that ran that game for the better part of four quarters somehow found a way to like either be allergic to the victory or will the Jets back into the contest. And that is my most frustrated takeaway is that the Patriots didn't close them out. They didn't step on their neck. They didn't finish the job. The job got finished for them when Randall Cobb almost caught a Hail Mary. And that's. That's the problem. That's the reality. But 
we're also talking about week to week to week games that are coming down to the wire for the Patriots because you're in that middle meh. You're not terrible. You're probably not going to get blown out a lot, if ever. You're probably not going to blow many people out, if mm-hmm. ever. Um, mm-hmm. And so for better or worse, the game is going to be on the line. And you can say, oh, we had a chance to win, but we didn't. Well, the Jets are saying we had a chance to win, but we didn't. And it was a weird game all over the map because mm-hmm. – there were times I felt really good about the line. Then there were times I was like, eh, the line's not doing great. They're kind of giving up some pressures to Quinn and Williams and getting then it like, are they running the ball? Well, well, they have a hundred yards in the third quarter and they're sort of churning it out. But then there's times where I didn't feel like they were running the ball. Well, it was just a very strange game. I will say defensively, your stars stood up mm-hmm. Matthew Judon with a couple sacks, the safety, um, certainly Christian Gonzalez met the challenge yet again to leave mm. Tony Romo saying that he might be one of not the best young corners in football, but the best corners in football. Three right games now. into his pro career, he may be one of the better cornerbacks now, in the end. Like the guy saying that the guy the saying brakes. that statement's an idiot. Um, so take that well, with a grain of salt. You know, how dumb can he be? I mean, between Skechers and CBS, he's making a lot of money every year. It's- it's amazing what you can do if you play the quarterback position. You can be dumb as a box of rocks, unable to do like pretty comfortable where he stands, and that's not just because of the gel <laughs> insert memory foam. Yep. Uh, it, it, look, so it, it, Christian Gonzalez is very good. He gets another challenge this week. He's going to be put to the test each and every week. And as badly as we wanted, offensive tackles are prime number one receivers. It likely seems like the Patriots hit on this draft pick. I dare say it's probably their best first round draft pick in a decade. And that's not saying too much considering the way that the last 10 years worth of draft picks went, but Gonzo was excellent. Judon. Yes. Peppers again, bringing big hits from the secondary as well. I, I, I dare Juwan Bentley had a pretty good game. Uh, everyone overall had a pretty good game. Uh, a star was born in Pharaoh Brown on the touchdown. We love the call. Uh, the second Quinn and Williams goes out, you attack that spot. That's where they were able to sneak through and get the 58-yard TD scamper. Uh, did you see in the – it was interesting. In the Patriots' uh, social media video afterwards in the locker room leading up to Matthew Slater's first aw yeah of the season, you know, there's always Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft greeting the players at the door as they come in post-victory. And there were a lot of hugs and handshakes and attaboys and yeah, babies. Did you see Farrell Brown just came in and barely shook the hands of Robert and Jonathan Kraft? And even Robert Kraft turned around afterwards and was like, who's this son of a bitch that I pay? Not not a smart plan. I've watched that handshake line for years, and the guys that play the game and have the longest tenures hug and kiss and, you know, ask oh, them questions. Everything. Farrell Brown almost had the look Didn't of like, give an the F for these guys? Who these two Fs in suits? Like, Does he know uh, who signs his check? Well, it's a computer. It, but... it, it, well, yes, it's it's digitally. It's actually, you know, there is no check. It's just a direct deposit. There's not even a stub. There's nothing. Can't uh-uh. even find out what it is. Um, but it almost was like, and we're reading way too much into this. But it I, I thought it was pretty interesting, actually. I've watched it several times. Like, and Kraft and Jonathan turn around like, I'm sorry. Uh, do you not know who I am? Like, <laughs> I also ring, it, bitch. Like, you know if you ain't with me when I was a third blocking tight end, don't be with me today when I'm the star of the game. Like, I don't want your handshake now, your pity shake, because I won you a game. I'm moving on like I'm a nobody. Exactly. That's kind of how I read it, but way too mm-hmm. much reading. Into oh, he'll that. be on, impl- oh, don't you worry, he'll be on the Jonas Gray Expressway in two weeks. Um. Oh, don't say that. I hope not. I, he seems like a nice fellow, and, you know. He's a good blocking tight end. tight end. He's got hands. Yeah. You know what? He caught both passes thrown to him. And I continue to say. Juju. He didn't get 
caught. Like he caught the ball and then mm-hmm. took it to the house. You see those plays a lot of times where the guy ends up getting tackled. And with this offense, who the hell knows, maybe you end up settling for a short field goal and the game is different. So he yeah. not only caught the ball, he took it to the hizzy. Okay. Side note, this is one of those annoying, like whenever we talk about an injury on FM radio and one of us is like, yeah, you know, I had a grade three ankle sprain when I was in high school. Like, oh, really? Were you a pro athlete, Fitzy? No, but this is relevant. Friday night, coaching flag football. My team lost 12-7. And you know what the difference was? We called a misdirection. Thanks. Nice try. We called a misdirection run. Kid had 25 yards to go to get in the house. At the one-yard line, when he was met with some defenders, instead of plowing ahead, which not which wouldn't let you know, instead of like trying to get like he he started scampering and dancing like oh I'm gonna try to juke go this way that way because kids will do that looking to make Sports Center level highlight plays, and he got a flag pulled and now it's first and goal at the one. What did we do on the next play? Sadly, threw an interception in the end zone. So it matters. Yeah, Pharaoh Brown didn't get caught at the one because that's like. Uh, Michigan did that in the uh, national championship semifinal last year. They got caught at uh, a player got caught at the one. And then at the one, they ran some weird running play fumbled TCU goes, and then ultimately gets beat by 70. And it wasn't even that close against Georgia. So yes, Farrell Brown making it across. He has 58 yard speed. Now we know exactly how far he can run away from defenders in the NFL, which is good. Um, so he gets the a, he's going to get the only a actually, you know what? I'm making it up right now on the fly. The six rings and football things. Hey, you were the surprise player of the week award goes to Farrow Brown. Was he the best player? We'll get to that in our grades coming up. All right, Andy, here we go. We always grade the win, the loss, the game itself. We go offense, defense, special teams, coach QB, the best and the worst. What grade do you give the offense on the whole in the win against the Jets? Uh, C minus. Um, I give them credit for not turning the ball over. I think that was a key to the game, although the Jets didn't turn it over either. We thought whoever turned it over would probably lose the game. Well, neither team turned it over. Um, I thought there were stretches where Mac was okay. I thought there were stretches where he and his receivers either weren't on the same page. His receivers couldn't catch. He couldn't get it to him. I thought there was some interior pressure. I thought the tackles were good. Verdarian Lowe moves from a full game at left tackle to a full game at right tackle and was fine. So maybe you've solidified mm-hmm. your tackle spots. That could oh, be nice wouldn't that positive. be great? I'm sorry. Nothing against Calvin Anderson, but also oh, no. he's, it's a production-based business and he wasn't producing. So no. maybe he'll get another shot. Maybe he'll work himself into shape and all that. I don't know. But for the here and now, Verdarian Lowe, um, I didn't think that Ramondre Stevenson ran the ball all that well. I did think that Ezekiel Elliott ran the ball well. So they combined to get you 150 yards um I just didn't think the offense finished enough you know Bill talked about well we moved it we didn't score points well that is the offense's job settled for too many long field goals so I'd say c minus because I just didn't think and I know it's a good defense but Mm -hmm. you didn't do enough and then definitely probably would have been a c but the once again giving the ball back to the opponent multiple times and not being able to just move the ball, run clock, and get the hell out of there, um, they got to clean up that old four-minute, two-minute offense at the end of a game because that's going to bite them in the ass sooner or later. You know, it, you got to close. Yeah. I gave him a C. I gave him a C. Uh, it would have definitely been a B had they gotten one more field goal or another score or held the ball long enough to actually clock out as opposed to giving it back to the Jets twice more after the Jets scored the touchdown as well, even in light of Matthew Judon's safety in the end zone, followed by Thomas Morstead's 510-yard free punt, which was just an absolute boom shot down there at Jet Life Stadium. Look, 
finish the game. Just finish the game. Like they got off to a hot start. I thought we were going to be talking about an A minus B plus effort from the Patriots offense. Mac looks sharp. The running game was in gear, but then Ramondre drops a pass. Zeke looks better than Mondre. Hey, there's Pharaoh Brown. Oh God, Juju, not again. It was a it was a fine enough effort. But the Patriots offense is not the reason why they got out of there on Sunday with a win. So that's as far as I can see how it went. The defense, Andy, I'm going to go. I'll go first on this one. I'm going to give the defense. I'm going to give the defense a B plus. Okay. I go B. Um, dominated for large portions of the game. Five punts to open the game. Uh, only one first down in that series. You held the run game in check. They played a base defense. Anthony Jennings suddenly is a key player on the front, at least in this matchup with this team and this style of play. Mm -hmm. um, Christian Gonzalez met the challenge of Garrett Wilson. At some point, we're going to stop talking about the challenges and just accept that he's really good and not worry about it and kind of Gonzalez Island him out there. Um, Matthew Judon, couple sacks, the safety, mm -hmm. the whole thing. And you say, well, Andy, it sounds like you should have a higher grade. And then you allowed Zach Wilson to go 13 plays for a touchdown. Zach effing Wilson, the guy that the greatest quarterback in Jets history is going ballistic about on the radio saying, just dump him, trade him, get rid of him. He stinks. You allowed that man. And I know I shouldn't like mm -hmm. wipe away a full game of good for one drive of bad, but sorry, NFL single drives and single plays can change games. Even though you got porked on the old cob flop in the back of the end zone for a the penalty. old cobby floppy. Don't let it be that close. Don't give the refs a chance to pork you. Um, so the defense, that one drive downgrades them. Maybe a full grade for me. This may have been an A performance without that mm -hmm. drive, but they end up with the B. Yeah, I give, them a B I give them the B plus because at some point, the offense needs to actually do their job as well. And the defense, they held them to a field goal for 50-some-odd minutes. I mean, they were exhausted. The offense did not eat up any clock. There was no clock gobbling in the second half by the offense as there should have been. Instead, the defense just kept getting put out there time and again to rush the passer, to cover Garrett Wilson, to stuff Brees Hall, to get Dalvin. Like, it's ex it's exhausting. And the elements were garbage. It's in the 50s, Ophelia with the rains and the winds and everything. Uh, you know, I, I would have given them an A had it not been for that last drive, but I have to give them something better than a B. How about your special teams, Andy? So I give them a B minus. Um, oh, same grade. Two two field goal attempts that, yeah, are long, and you might miss them anyway, but you didn't give your kicker a shot because you had a couple bad snaps by um, what you like to refer to as the highest paid long snapper in football. Uh, he is. Joe Cardona is the highest paid long snapper in football, and Bryce Barringer is only in his third professional game as the placeholder for young rookie kicker Chad Ryland, who's got leg to spare. We know that for sure. But Lace is out, Finkel. Come on. What are we doing? Guys. Yeah, that that hinders the operation. Bill Belichick referenced it, the operation. He's always He always fixates on the, the aspects mm -hmm. of it before mm -hmm. the kick. Mm -hmm. So that operation needs to be better. Uh, um, and you, you hit a couple field goals there. Uh, am I frozen? Did mm -hmm. I freeze? I froze on my end. That was weird. Oh. Um, Just got an update uh, mid-pod from... Producer Justin Turpin via Mike Reese. The initial diagnosis on Patriots defensive lineman Daniel Equale. Patriots did lose Devon Godshow and Daniel Equale in the second half. Uh, Equale torn biceps. 
So uh, all things being a quali, that probably ends Daniel's season. I think that's the Terrible. last we'll be seeing him on the defensive line. That sucks. That's one of our guys. We love a quali. Now, 1-800-CARL-DAVIS. Is he available? Uh, that's a great point. Did he get picked up anywhere? Hold on one uh, second. Carl I'm, Davis football now, They do have, right yeah. The, they, they already they have. Do. Sam Roberts gave you a little help. Oh, he got picked line. up by the Seahawks. Son of a blank. Um. I don't think that, I mean, I like Daniel Aquale. I think he's part of the he's reason. Play, he's a good, good player. Depth. Yeah, good he player, is. But he's a good player. Sam Roberts will fill in. You have depth there. Okay. Maybe Barmore and, and uh, Larry Guy need to pick up a couple extra snaps here or there. But mm-hmm. um, I think you'll be okay. Um, Can we grab Bill Murray and send him back to the other side of the football? No, that's not fair to Bill Murray. Stop that's jerking right. Bill Murray around. <laughs> Jesus, poor Bill Murray. Um, I but know. No, special, special teams, B minus. Um, you got to make those kicks. You got to clean up that operation. At least give your rookie kicker a chance. I will say, I think your rookie kicker is fine. I think your rookie oh, kicker yeah. is going to be really good. I like the way he hits the ball. I like the way he talks. I, even going all the way back to camp when he missed a kick on a bad hold, he said, if I kick it, I own it. That's on me. I love the dude's got some swag. I'm all in on Chad Ryland. Uh, Bryce Beringer, I thought, was solid. Um, so every there was a questionable um, – there was a bobble by Demario Douglas early, and I think that led to Peppers taking some of the it returns did. after that. Yep. Peppers stepped right up. He brings energy to that, just like he brings energy to every time he goes anywhere near a football field or a person. He is becoming quickly one of my favorite players on this roster. Ah, it's such a bummer about Equale as well. Yeah, Chad Ryland looks like he's 13, but man, that kid's the both kickers, both rookie kickers have boomsticks as well. Barringer with another solid day, save for the holds as well. Uh, Patriot that now no, no, the good coverage on, uh, Xavier Gibson, who of course had the touchdown return week one to win it against the bills on Monday night football, no special blocks from schooler, but just the fact that the thought exists in the head of other special team coaches, like, is that kid going to try to do, are they going to do one of those again? Do I have to be looking on the outside? I wouldn't be surprised if somebody else gets an interior rush block because teams are going to fan out and look for schooler. At some point on the and outside, which is impressive. That. They're fueling that. They had schooler not quite as far out, but just kind of kind of mm-hmm. mingling out there, being a little shady, loitering kinda. out there just Look, to plant a seed. Hey, kind of. What are you kids doing? Hey, 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 knock it off, you kids. Get out of there. And you may never know just the kicker seeing it. It could affect a kick at mm-hmm. some point where he's just like a little nervous, a little out of his rhythm because he sees schooler out there. He rushes, whatever. Or maybe a long, I mean, a holder changes his mechanics because he's thinking about oh i don't want to have a tell and i want to do things a little bit differently i don't want them to get a read on me so they can get that i just think planting that seed you may never know when it pays off or if it pays off but it's valuable to be there correct uh all right moving on to the coach bill belichick obviously gets an a plus for his interview game monday morning with his travis kelsey joke coach got jokes uh but we swiftly move back to the game on sunday how did you feel how did you feel about Bill's effort on field? The game plan, uh, a different defensive plan altogether once again. Uh, seems like he had the right plan out there, but uh, then again, he is also the architect of the plan that had Mac Jones throwing to Juju Smith-Schuster's back shoulder time and again late in the game when they needed one final completion. So, Yeah, I think um, I gave Bill a B. I, I was trying to think of real glaring uh, mistakes. Like there's some play calling questions offensively, certainly the inability to run the game out. I know we had one guy on the post game show wanted to fire Bill O'Brien and he sort of falls under the Bill Belichick umbrella here. Um, defensively, 
good game plan. I I would say sort of an obvious game plan. If you're going up against the Jets, I would play base defense too. I would I would challenge Zach Wilson to make plays down the field. I would not have yep. nickel and dime units on the field and let them run the football um, down my throat. So he keep it simple, stupid. Do the obvious. He did mm-hmm. it defensively, offensively. You know, it's going to get to the point where we question game plans or talent. And I and I think you know I'm leaning toward talent, but um, same. So I thought this was a very pedestrian coaching day. I mean, am I forgetting any glaring positives or negatives? Like they get credit for scheming up the Pharaoh Brown uh, play, which isn't a mm-hmm. trick play, but it is kind of a gotcha play, kind of set it up with a blocking situation. Run, no, you run, need, run. You need oh, him. You need him. Yep. So um, I liked going for the field goals. You and I disagreed, although we proved that you can disagree on a call, yell about it on the radio, and not turn your mic off and walk off like a baby like Tiki oh, Barber did on WFAN Tiki. this week. Oh, my um, gosh. You couldn't even – I mean, for old Beningo, for shame. Move. What a bitch Thick, move by Tiki Thicken Barber. up the skin. Thicken up the skin, yeah. Tiki. I mean, what listen. Bitch. Well, actually, you know, he used to be partnered up with uh, um, the midday show's Brandon Tierney, so these guys are used to walking oh. away or, or no-showing. Bitches of a feather flock together. Hey, still That's waiting right. for you, Tierney, to join us for the podcast preview. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll keep waiting. Thanks a lot, douche. Yep. Uh, j- you know what? Actually, uh, the Jets offense, just like Brandon Tierney with his schedule of six rings and football oh. things appearance last week, didn't bother showing up. Uh, yeah, yeah, you like that? Put that right in your cannoli. Uh, you know what? They might be our sister station, but F that noise. Sorry, it's lame. When you have a scheduled appearance on a podcast, especially when it's with your sister station up in Boston, and then you blow us off so you can just go, oh, let's hey, let's make some noise. Hey, let's back Zach. Let's back Zach. Good luck stuff, with it that. Your, stuff it in your fireman head hole. What All does right. this have to do with Belichick's coaching? <laughs> and so Bill gets a B. Mac! Sons of bitches. Uh, what'd you give Mac? I give Mac a C. Ooh. Ooh. A little negativity. I would have given Mac, a Mac like the offense. I would have given a much higher grade had they been able to get the job done in the second half. Mac was excellent to open the game. Some of those throws like to Gesicki, um, obviously the throw to Farrell Brown, he nailed, dropped it right in the bucket. He was sharp in the first half, but mm-hmm. then he, like the offense, went to sleep in the second half. There was a little running game to be found, but you know whether it's Juju who's not on the same page as he, Mac is the one who's going to have to get the receivers on that page. He's going to have to bring them, have a little come to McCorkle moment with them. And then just for all the off-field nonsense, because I got to waste time in my life, just like Andrew Callahan pointed out, spending time in my grown adult life, wasting time, looking to see whether or not another man hit another man in the penis is such a waste of time. Of the pre- Time feel- is the most precious thing we have in this life. And I have to waste it talking about did Mac Jones hit Sauce Gardner in the ding dong? What are we doing? It feels like we are middle school principals checking the, you know, the closed circuit cameras to see if one boy flicked another boy in the hall while passing right. to like start a fight to to, me- to merit a rumble in the hallway right. between like, classes. What a, like what, what a we waste doing? of these time. are professional athletes. Seriously, I'm on my way to chaperone school. a fifth grade trip, and those kids will probably be better behaved than Mac Jones getting up from a pig pile or a scrum on the field. Knock uh, it off. I actually gave Mac a B. Um, I think I'm starting to, and this is going to get me in trouble with the Mac haters. So Chris Scheim and all these people and the Cam Newton lovers, including that crazy woman who calls me a racist every time I talk about Mac on Twitter. Um, wow. She bat bleep, baby. She bat bleep. Um, you don't say. Someone on Twitter? Wow. Yeah. A lot of bat bleeps on Twitter. So mm. I, I just, I thought Mac was fine. I, I'm not, I'm not including the nut 
thing and the playing through the whistle on sneaks. That's become an issue last couple of weeks. Um, just sort of his play, his, his offense around him stinks right now. Like yeah, I just, I, I said it post game spark. Like we know he's going to struggle to be the spark. He needs somebody else mm-hmm. to be the spark and then he'll control the fire. He will lead the fire in the right direction. It'll be a controlled burn. And I just don't think there's a lot of spark. So right now I think Mac is just kind of fine. He's in that middle meh. Mm-hmm. And that middle meh gets him a B from me. And maybe I'm just being overly, I don't know. I, I also look around and maybe I'm swayed myself too far here. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields, like Zach Wilson. Ugh. Like if you look at how about other Trevor La- how about Tre- Trevor Lawrence? Holy Trevor regression, Lawrence. Batman. What the hell is going on with this kid after his spectacular sophomore year? He's on the Peterson decline. By the way, just so you know, Mac Jones, according to Mark Daniels. Uh, on the X machine, ninth in passing yards in the NFL, tied for seventh in passing TDs, third in completions, and an update from Tom Pelissero, quarterback Mac Jones, not expected to be suspended for allegedly cup checking Jets cornerback Sauce Gardner in Sunday's game. Cup checking, Mitch, that's our former GM of the Mitch Cup. Che- <laughs> he was, he's putting at night with the uh, Dean's daughter. All right, uh, the best player on the field Sunday was. Uh, Christian Gonzalez. Again, that's two out of three. Andy, three games. The guy has won best Patriot on the field two out of three games. I mean, they obviously nailed the pick, but anyone else feel like stepping up? Anyone else feel like, uh, does is anyone else capable on this Patriots roster, save for Matthew Judon, of elite level play any given Sunday? Because we're mentioning the same two dudes over and over again. And it would be nice if one of them were on the offensive side of the field. I'm looking at you, Ramondre Hunter, Mac Jones, and company. Anyone, anyone. Hello, anyone. This thing on. Hello. Although Trent Trent Brown did grade out very high and actually played a pretty solid game in return. Hey, you know what he didn't do? Give up any sacks and actually cleared some space for the running backs coming around his side. So yeah, he bounced back well from that concussion. Yep, and took the two million dollar. You know, listen. Sometimes you have to. You know, like we live in a world now where you're supposed to tip for picking up food, let alone having it delivered to you. Sometimes you have to tip the guy who just serves the sandwich across the counter, Andy, just to get the job done and keep everyone happy. And obviously it worked with Trent Brown, but I agree. Gonzo best player in the field. Who was the worst? Um, so I'm going to give you three names for two players that I unify into the worst. Okay. Parker Smith Schuster. <laughs> That's if we just put them in the Brundlefly lab, like, and the machine with that fuses organisms together yep. and just made one giant useless receiver. Yeah. Can we actually ma- do that? Can we just alter? I mean, what do they, they played do? like seventy six percent of the snaps each and got zero return on investment for it? Like two catches totaling thirty yards or whatever the hell it was. Absolutely, Ugh. I know I'm not allowed to say this, but blanks on a bull, breasts on a uh-huh. bull. Uh, useless absolutely breasts on a bull useless those two and it's so with kyle pitts it's well but at least kyle pitts you're like are they using him right or is this is the honestly this is now turning into the carl crop no this is you know what this is turning into juju smith schuster's contract is turning into the pablo sandoval of hey this guy's won super bowls elsewhere he's gone to the playoffs he's got the pedigree he's a yak attack machine he's a he's a leader of of uh of men among boys no he's just a receiver with a bad knee that really doesn't have any of the burst cut or wiggle that he used to and oh by the way you ran your best receiver out of town to get him and you're watching and your best, best receiver, receiver has 
18 catches for 160 yards somewhere else. Right. uh, Two touchdowns and knows how to use his toes to stay in bounds, oddly enough. Correct. Correct. So he's not only on the field at key plays, he's making key plays. So I I just, it's not a surprise. We all, again, this is Matt Patricia like, and this isn't a second guess. We all hated it at the time. Mm -hmm. We hated it when they gave Devontae Parker that new contract when he was all sulky because he thought they were going after D hop and all that. This is why I kind of grade Mac Jones a little more positive. These receivers were on the field for 75% of the plays, and they Mm -hmm. are useless. They bring no value. I know Mike Giardi took a lot of hits for stink, stank, and stunk. Well, guess Mm -hmm. what? He at least nailed the stink and the stank. Maybe the stunk is a little better than stunk, but two Mm -hmm. of the three, he was right. These guys don't do anything to add value to an offense. They just don't. And just FYI, how are things going in Nash Vegas for DeAndre Hopkins on the season in three games, 14 receptions for 153 yards. So nothing to write home about, but at the same time, well, it is what it is. All right. Those are our, oh, and by the way, Andy, shout out before we end the grading portion of today's podcast. I'm allergic to terrible officiating, which is why I just had to mute during my sneeze. The refs sucked on Sunday. They were God awful. Wait a minute. You just need to say the refs sucked because it doesn't matter what sport, pretty what much, day, yeah. what league, refs are atrocious. But these ones are paid large salaries. And even if they hold down other jobs in PR, uh, in finance, as lawyers, etc., you still should be able to judge whether or not someone who clubs someone else over the head when they're trying to catch a pass is guilty of pass interference. And yet these meat whistles couldn't figure out what a penalty was for love, sex, or money on Sunday. It was a brutally officiated game. Maybe they were just as displeased with having to stand in the rain and watch this terrible game as we were watching it on TV and listening to Nance Romo and Wolfson. So I get it. But at the same time, clean it up, Zebras. Clean giving the refs an F or an F U. We're giving the refs an F U. I like that. All right. Those are our grades for Sunday's game. Yes, the Patriots won, so ultimately they get a passing grade. Uh, They pass the test, if you will. They're going to have to do better and play better this coming Sunday, even if Dallas looked like garbage in the desert when they go to Jerry World. Sunday, 425, big and down there as the Patriots look to even up their record on the 2023 season. All right, back half of the podcast, Andy. We got to have just a little referendum, a little debate here on what we referred to earlier as the Dirty McCorkle. And speaking of Dirty McCorkles, uh, I would like to point out uh, that you guys went four for four with their FanDuel Sportsbook Picks of the Week last week. Thank you to FanDuel once again, the sponsor of Six Rings and Football Things. FanDuel, make every moment more. Uh, I believe I hit on uh, total points for the Patriots under overall at 19 and a half. They scored 15. And total points scored in general in the first half at under 18 and a half. It was only 13. You went Patriots and under. So we went four and oh. If I would just listen to us and bet on us, I would be rich. I would be a wealthy man. Like we're on a heat as far as these picks go. So you're not going to want to miss our peaks, our picks rather for Patriots Cowboys coming up later this week. However, Mac Jones has officially earned himself a reputation for being an okay quarterback. Mac Jones has officially earned himself a reputation for being a gamer because he takes a lot of licking and keeps on ticking out there behind a suspect Patriots offensive line. And he is now also officially, in my estimation, earned himself a reputation as kind of a questionably dirty, if not unscrupulous player. There are now multiple NFL players 
And it's not like this is Tom Brady where like they're looking to take down the pretty boy, the top guy, the goat, the legend himself. Like Mac Jones has a, a 500 record as a starting quarterback in the NFL. So what the hell? Actually, it's below 500. So what the hell do players have to worry about taking down the chosen one or the anointed next great one? I mean, these people that are accusing him of being a dirty player are probably coming from a place of reasonable frustration and competitive honesty. Now you've got Brian Burns, you got Eli Apple, and now the latest Sauce Gardner accusing Mac Jones of being a dirty player. What gives and why can't he shake this nature about himself, Andy? Because it's who he is. And I actually think it's inarguable. He, Whether you call him dirty or he's kind of a dink on the field mm -hmm. or whatever, mm -hmm. however you want to phrase it. All, you know, he, syn all synonyms for being kind of a putz out there when it comes right. to winning time. Like, And I know the comparisons have been around for two plus years now to Grayson Allen and is he this spoiled white rich kid, blah, blah, blah. I have no idea where it comes from. Does it come from tennis? He's talked a lot about, you know, the McEnroe Jones in him and that, you know, one man against another and energy, whatever. But to me, it is what it is. There's enough of this track record. I saw old friend Chris Long, former Patriot, said top five dirtiest quarterbacks of all time, which I won't disagree with because I'll be honest with you. I don't know who the other four are. I, I haven't really thought of who the dirty quarterbacks. It's kind of a weird thing, especially. I don't even know. I don't even know one. Do you? Can you think of one nope. quarterback that was guilty of like cheap shots or pushing the pile or mixing it? At like quarterbacks usually avoid that so that they right. can live to fight, protected. see, or throw in another day. Yes, and also they have a giant uh, legal, uh, metaphorical, and rules laden shield around them at all times. So what the hell is he doing? And that's what bothers me the most is. He is the first one to call for a flag, fall down out of bounds and see if he can steal the 15 on, a, on that or roughing the passer. And if you're going to be that, then don't be the dink on the other end, too. Now you're a double-ended dink, and nobody likes a double-ended dink except Buffalo. They throw it on the field sometimes. But um, you, you can't be that guy, but he is that guy. And I know he fibs about it, and it's football, and he avoids all Adam Jones's questions about it. Um, I didn't avoid my question last year, Andy. I did. I maybe I've mentioned this on the pod. I know I mentioned it on the Six Rings post game show, but last year I was filling in on a, a holiday Monday, I believe, and I asked Mac Joe. It was oh yes, it was around the holidays, and it was me and our former beat writer Kyrie Thompson, and we had Mac on a Monday, and I asked him if he was worried or did it bother him that he was developing a reputation as a dirty player because now. He had the Brian Burns accusation and then the Eli Apple going after his knees on that interception return. And Mac said, oh, you know, no, yeah, I just got to be Mac. So actually, okay. it, in turn, what that really means is, yeah, I'm just going to keep being like a competitive dink about these things. And that's what he is. And, you know, everybody will be like, oh, but they did this and they did that. Well, this is two weeks in a row, a QB sneak. He has avoided playing the whistle. It's like the third whistle he's still press pressing and pushing and diving and trying to move forward. Like, so everybody that says the Jets didn't play the whistle, the person who didn't play the whistle is the QB sneaker who didn't play right. the whistle last week against the Dolphins. And on some level, I wish he would just say, I don't know what happens to me. I get out there and I get in the heat of the battle and I just lose my mind every once in a while. And I do some things that I wouldn't do. Thank you. Just like last week, there was that viral video of Tom Brady speaking at that international conference. And he talked about how he would convince himself that these other players were like, you know, yeah. and I love this because we all hate the Ortiz hugging Jeter and a rodification of sports where it's like, Hey, we're all friends. Hey, we can just hug, you know, laugh it up and we're chums and rivalries are dead. No, I want enmity. 
I want scuffling. I want feud and fighting and fussing. There was Brady talking about how he worked himself up into a lather and convinced himself that those guys hated him and they were his enemy and he needed to hate. He didn't want any friends on the field, especially mm -hmm. on the opposition. And here's Mac Jones trying to chum it up and yuck it up with everyone, but then goes into this red, like canine rage and can't stop himself from being a putz on the field. Just own it, steer into it and say like, I get so fired up. I'm so hyper competitive. Sometimes I do things that are untoward or not, uh, that, you know, that my family wouldn't be proud of or that don't represent myself as a player or professional or the Patriots organization. Say that once and I'll be like, all right, you know what? Golf clap. Good for you. Right. And and to take the Brady point uh, a bit further, I've watched some of the mic'd up stuff where he absolutely loses his mind when he's mic'd up. He drops F-bombs like you wouldn't believe mm -hmm. where he's just in a lather. And I've seen him before some of those games go to the ref and say, hey, uh, I just want to apologize for anything I might say during the game. I, I kind of lose my mind sometimes and it's not personal and it, it's not really an attack on you. I, I just might get caught up in the heat of the moment. Like he preemptively right. tells them. I'm kind of an a-hole for the next 60 minutes. So yeah, please don't hold it against me that I'm going to be an a-hole to you. It's not personal for the next 60 minutes. But I am what I am really interested in is you people, your people. These are your people. You not on this one. You have to help live with it. And why are they so sensitive to it? They were attacking Chris Long. They were saying they were going to take away Chris Long's Super Bowl ring, and to which he replied, Well, you can't, maybe at Tom Brady can or something. Like he why are they so overly defensive and sensitive about Mac Jones and whether he's dirty? He's dirty. No one said he's terrible. No one said he's the like should go to prison. They were like, Yeah, what about Tyreek Hill? Nope, no one said he's a criminal like they accused Tyreek Hill and others about. They're just saying he's a dinky, dirty quarterback on the field. And yet no one can just say he is, but he's our dink. For now, mm -hmm. he's our dink, and I'm going to support him. Like I, It amazes me how worked up the Patriots fans get defending what I kind of think is indefensible right now. Yeah, now see, there are people. Um, I just typed in into the X. I just typed Mac Jones. And what comes up is a lot of Pats fans – C.J. Mosley body slams Mac Jones after the whistle. Then Sauce Gardner smacks his hand away, but we expect Mac Jones to do nothing in return. I mean, it, look, it's a, it's it's competitive. Any, anyone, anyone will tell you. Anyone will tell you. I guarantee you, you could talk to any former player on our airwaves who's previously been a guest on WEI and beyond. Anyone you and I know. Some things get done. Some shit gets said. Some, 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 hey, well, yeah, right. Some parts gets touched, get touched, you know. We don't, it's probably a lot of things we don't want to know, but there are 32 starting a quarterbacks, different. but this, this is different. Was... This is the third time this has happened. And I'm telling you, it's not like Mac Jones is the target unless everyone thinks the Patriots are now low hanging fruit because they aren't the team they used to be. There's one quarterback in the NFL, one who continues to have his name dragged and gets dogged by accusations of being kind of being kind of dirty and kind of dinkish. Do you hear is do we hear anything about Jimmy Garoppolo trying to poke someone in the eye or grab someone's twig and berries? No. Jimmy's a nice boy. Yeah, I mean, uh, there there people say bad things about other people, but sometimes it's off the field, <clears throat> Deshaun Watson, but it's not for the things that they do on the field. I haven't heard Jordan Love trying to, you know, poke someone's eyes out or you diving no. at someone's knees. Not it, even Zach Wilson. 
Not even like whoever you no, want he to just, think. The he just goes for the knees and the heart of Jets fans, not right. the, the, the team that he plays against. I mean, the closest, I guess, would be the Mason Rudolph feud with Miles Garrett that got all racial and that became like a weird on-field thing and he wanted to kill him. With a helmet but, being swung at somebody? Yeah, I, you're right. It's, it's like Mac is sort of in a category all his own. I did want to just clarify, like, mm. this did not happen in the pile. This was not one of those, yeah, you know what happens in the bottom of the pile stays at the bottom. No, this is seconds later when he's getting up, stumbling, fumbling. He's actually right in front of the official. There's official within, what, two feet when he's flicking his little hand towards Sauce Gardner? Oh, allegedly. there it is. There is one good angle. Diana Rossini has a good angle. He does. He actually, yeah, look at him, right? He absolutely, it wasn't, you know what it was? It wasn't one of those, like, like, look. If, you know, like we were playing rugby or whatever and like, you know, I take a hit, I get up and it's like that looked like it was a big hit, but I'm going to let you know that I knew that it was clean. I may hit you in the ribs or the chest or just be like, good job, you know, but right. Mac gets up and as sauce is turning to the refs, I, Mac may not appreciate the fact that those guys were scraping to the last second and he's a hyper competitor. And you can see, pardon my, pardon my French. That's a Richard flick. Yes. It absolutely happened. There's no doubt in my mind it happened. Now, I don't care. Wow. Like, it's not a big deal to me. Like, the idea that he was going to be suspended never even crossed my mind was one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Um, could he be fined? Sure. I don't care. Do I think dink things like this happen all the time in the NFL? I absolutely do. The difference is, you just said it. Think of the second quarterback on this list. Like, it's not the quarterbacks. It's usually receivers and defensive backs and linemen or whoever i watched logan mankins punch a dude in the nuts loved it it's mm -hmm. fine it usually yeah, quarter L. patterson in 2018 <laughs> yes <laughs> but Liz, the famous thing right. of him yeah but the quarterback mac jones i know doing this stuff and then the funny thing with mac is i do feel like in some ways he's damned if he do and he damned if he don't because mm -hmm. he does this feisty um gritty stuff dirty dinky whatever stuff and he gets uh criticized then a guy's running back an interception and he either tries to tackle him and gets run over or doesn't Does try nothing. to tackle him, cuts back, and Good everybody's mad point. at Mac. Like, I do, there's a little bit of me that, like, no matter what Mac does, he probably feels like they're going to criticize me. I'm damned if I'm doing them, I'm damned if I'm doning. So I might as well just flick somebody in the nuts and get along with it. <laughs> and that's where it is. I may as well. Yeah. Because if I don't do enough, I'll hear, oh, like, he doesn't go for Chandler Jones. He allows Chandler Jones to just bitch bury him right there into the turf yeah. at Allegiant Field, Allegiant Stadium. And then he throws the pick six that bounces off Bourne's hands to Slay. And then he just basically olays Slay back to the six-point house. But, of course, dies for the knees of Eli. Like, you can do something. in There is a middle ground. I just don't think he really understands or knows the what that middle ground is. And, yes. And also, he's not winning. He's scuffling for his career and his job. So I think that's also a factor. Like if you talk about elite quarterbacks, I think some of this might actually get brushed under the rug because, oh, like if Josh Allen did it, well, that's just Josh. He's a big competitor. He's a football player. He does this. He does that. But Mac is in this weird world of battling and clawing for everything he gets, trying to save his career in year three. It's a make or break year. And, and I don't think he's liked. I've said this all along too, and it has no like, dinkiness um to it like his personality i don't know that people on the outside i think his teammates really like him 
I think a lot of people in the locker room really like him, but on the mm-hmm. outside, they, they're all behind. They love him. Bear loves him. Hunter loves yeah. him. They all go to the mattresses. He's the, not likable on the mat in the front line. No, I like, don't think he's likable to media and fans in his interviews and the way he handles himself. He's not likable. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like there's just a, there's, there's, a, there's something about the Mac veneer that is preventing people from thoroughly embracing him. Of course, listen, just win, baby. If you go full Al Davis 100%. mode, if he wins more, then people will be like, I don't care. He's a putz. He's a dink. But now he's, he's my our dink. dink. He's, yeah. my... <laughs> he's our dink. Uh, well, Pats fans, if you would like to weigh in on the Mac Jones debate, would winning make him a more embraceable dink? Are you frustrated with his efforts? Do you like his competitive fire? Or do you think there's no place for that in the NFL? Let us know. He's at Jumbo Hart. I'm at Fitzy GFY. This is the At Six Rings pod. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back in a couple of days with our latest installment. We'll go behind enemy lines with a Dallas beat reporter to talk about Cowboys and Patriots. We will also have a mailbag edition. Mike Cadlick will have his crucial clashes. My God, so much Patriots talk, so little time. We appreciate you guys, just like we appreciate our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, make every moment more. Don't forget, don't forget to visit fanduel.com slash six rings. That's the number six fanduel.com slash six rings. Join today just for $5. Your first $5 bet after you sign up and use the promo code six rings, you get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. And you'd be wise to spend them on our picks. Cause like I said earlier, we went four and oh last week. You're welcome. All right. He's Hart. I'm Fitzy. The producer's Terp. And for Mike Cadillac and everyone else in our giant six rings family, this has been the latest edition of Six Rings and Football. Things brought to you by WEI Odyssey and 2400 Sports. We'll talk to you soon. Enjoy your week, everybody. Good day. God bless. Go Pats. See you.